0: And welcome to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome this fine Saturday morning, and as always, we truly appreciate you tuning in and taking the time to listen to our program. Additionally, we are just so excited and thrilled about your great comments and questions that you continue to send us regarding subject matter and and questions to different things that you hear us talk about on the program. Please. Keep it up. It's very, very encouraging. And thank you for all of the uplifting comments that you make as well. And if you would like to send me a comment or maybe have a question about today's program or maybe a subject that you'd like to hear or talk about in the future, please contact me by email at Saturday Morning Dan Brown at That's Saturday Morning Dan Brown at yahoo.com. Again, welcome to saturday morning with dan brown here on wpg talk radio 95.5 today's program is especially um is a subject that's uh sometimes not talked about but uh it, it is a very important subject in fact you know all that jesus said and did and the examples that he gave um, even as he inspired the prophets of the Old Testament all the way to his physical being on the planet in the New Testament and what was recorded is just absolutely incredible. And if you can turn away from the worldliness around you, even just for a short time, shut off the TV, you know, get into prayer, whether you kneel, whether you're laying flat on your face as some of the old prophets did, however you need to pray, whether it's with tears in your eyes, you know, pain in your heart, give it over to God. That's what he asks us to do. And in doing that, what we're actually seeking and, and hopefully that others may see in us, this is very important, not only for others to hear us, but to see evidence in us. And what is the evidence that we hope they see in us? And that's the title of our program today, is the evidence of a new birth. And so we look at the scripture in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 7, where Jesus is saying, do not be amazed at what I have told you. You must be born from above. You must be born again. The wind blows where it wills, and you can hear the sound it makes, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And that uh, particular translation uh, is the New American Bible. I'll use many different translations, um, and I have over the years. I've always sought to see how, uh, different translators, um, of course, the main translator for me, it's the Holy Spirit, brother. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit. But I've always been interested in seeing how, uh, the original languages have been, been, uh, uh translated. And, uh, it's very exciting to see sometimes, uh, when you see what the Spirit shares with you when what men devise the translation to be, how close they get. That's that's the interesting thing so often. So again, we're talking about John 3, 7, wherein most likely your King James and your new King James version will say to you, you must be born again. And so this was Nicodemus, and Nicodemus was asking this about this new birth. And the way that people see Christ in us is when this new birth becomes evident. The fruits that we bear, you know, you hear, I've talked about that scripture a lot about how the fruit that we must bear. And when we don't bear fruit, we're cut away from the vine. And so we want to bear that fruit, the fruits of the spirit, which are just such wonderful things that God places into us. We don't develop them on our own. God gives us them through the Holy Spirit to possess. Remember what Jesus said, I'm going to send you the comforter. He's going to teach you all things. And so we always have waited for the Holy Spirit to come upon us. And as we enter into a life of accepting the blood of Christ on the cross, we accept salvation the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us. And how does he remain? He remains in us by us submitting and surrendering all who we are, all that we have to our Holy Father, surrendering it all so that God's will may be accomplished in us. And then, of course, the answer to Nicodemus's question How can a man be born when he is old? Again, this answer is only when we are willing to die to everything in this life, including our rights, including our virtues, including our religions, and become willing to receive himself into a new life that has never before been experienced by an, by you and I. See John 3, 4. The new life exhibits itself in our conscious, get this, our conscious repentance through our unconscious holiness. Why is it an unconscious holiness? Because it is something that we've consciously asked for, but it's not something that we can grasp And grab on our own, but it is something that the Lord gives us when we are willing, when we have submitted. And then it goes on to say in John uh, 1, 12, but as many as received him, as many as received him. What an interesting scripture to to think about as many as received him, right? What's he saying to us? What is he saying to us about that? But those who did not accept him, he gave power to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. Who were born not by natural generation, nor by human choice, nor by man's decision, but of God. And the crucial thing to understand in verse 14, John 1.14, And the word became flesh, and made his dwelling among us, and we saw his glory. The glory as of the Father's only Son. Full of grace and truth. Amazing. And this is what we seek. Listen, in my knowledge of Jesus, is it, this knowledge that I have, is my knowledge of Jesus the result of my own internal spiritual perception? That's a question I'm asking you. Or... Is it what I have learned through listening to others? Is there something in my life that unites me with the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior? My personal spiritual history must have its underlying foundation as a personal knowledge of Jesus Christ, not just from something that someone told me. We're not hanging on, it isn't the words that give us life, it is the word, Jesus Christ, that gives us life and fills us with the Holy Spirit. And so the end result of this is to be born again, to be born anew, means that I see Jesus. Because here's what he says in John 3.3, 3, the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 3. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so I wonder here, am I seeking only for the evidence of God's kingdom? I have a lot of seekers that just want to seek to know if something's there. Or am I actually recognizing, think about this, or am I actually recognizing his absolute sovereign control over everything? That's what we're recognizing. That's what we're submitting to. We are submitting and surrendering to God's absolute sovereign control over us and over all things. His sovereignty was there all the time, but with God being true to his nature, I couldn't see it until I received his very nature. Oh, my brothers and sisters, think about that. Think about that. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, and we'll be right back after this. Stay tuned for more Saturday Morning with Dan Brown.
1: WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's Talk Station.
0: And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Again, welcome this fine Saturday morning. And as always, man, we appreciate you tuning in and taking the time to listen to our program. It is with great pleasure and honor that we share the gospel with you week after week after week. And, you know, seven years we've been doing this program. I am so honored. I thank you, Holy Father, for allowing me to be able to do this for seven years. And uh, I will go until the Lord says you're done, as we all will in our life. But I want to thank you again. And, and again, if you would like a free Bible, you know, I, I talk about this almost every segment and every program. But if you would like a free Bible, please send me your name and your address to Saturday Morning Dan Brown at yahoo.com. And I will get you that Bible free of charge. And also, I think it's important to understand that the, the concept of the program obviously is biblical. Uh, instruction and education and sharing what God has shared with me and with many other believers. There are so many, uh, sources that I consult from Oswald Chambers in the 1800s to our brother A.W. Tozer, my friend, uh, back in the 60s and also it, it's exciting. There, there, everything, there's been so many people whose shoulders that we stand on to get here. And obviously, uh, they were wonderful people, men and women, inspired by the Holy Spirit to bring the gospel message for every generation since Jesus said to Peter, Do you love me? And Peter said, Lord, you know I do. And this is something I want to drive home and I share a lot because in speaking to Peter, he is speaking to all of us. When you read those words in the gospel, close your eyes and picture Jesus saying it to you because he is saying it to you. Daniel, William, Robert, Beth. Christine, everyone, every female, every male, God is saying to you, feed my sheep. That's what he's saying. If you love me, you'll feed my sheep. It is not and it's never meant for us to come to the trough to feed on the grain only for us. But we are meant to be filled with living waters overflowing into the lives of all who we encounter so that the gospel may be preached unto the whole world. And that is the dinner that you're invited to. That is what you're invited to partake in. And so when you humble yourself, when you surrender your will to God's will, this is the everlasting and unquenchable joy This is a joy. Remember what Jesus said, what we will receive is waters that we won't have to continually drink from. Because the water that he provides is the eternal water that quenches our soul. And then in essence quenches us completely. Both physically, emotionally, mentally. All those things are taken care of when we are born anew. Oh, Lord, I thank you for that. And so here we are in this second segment of today's program, the evidence, the evidence of a new birth. What is the evidence of your new birth? Again, uh, I'll go back uh, to the first segment just for a second, just to repeat just for a minute, a little reminder. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Gospel of John, chapter three, verse three. And so I ask you, are you seeking only the evidence for God's kingdom? Or are you actually recognizing his absolute sovereign control? What is it that you're doing in your life? Because the new birth gives us all a new power of vision by which we begin to discern God's control in our lives. Very important. His sovereignty was there all the time. But with God being true to his nature, we couldn't see it until we received what? His very nature is what he offers us. Amazing. And so it goes on to say in 1 John chapter 3, verse 9, we're going to the letters now out of the gospels. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. Ooh, that's a hard one, man, because we know that we continually in so much discussion, even among the apostles at the time, you know, they were having these discussions. Well, should I sin more so that grace, I can get more grace? No, no. And so the question is, am I seeking to stop sinning or have I actually stopped because to be more born of God means that I have his supernatural power to stop sinning. This is what we seek. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to have thoughts that are going to interrupt it, interrupt our, our holy life. But the idea of the Holy spirit indwelling is that when we seek that strength from our submitting to his will, He will provide the control over the sin, the strength that we do not have. And so to be born of God, again, means that I have his supernatural power to stop sinning. And the Bible never asks, should a Christian sin? The Bible emphatically states that a Christian must not sin, that a person of faith must not. But thankfully, Christ's sacrifice covered those sins that we still may run into, that we still may be drawn into. But we shouldn't be drawn into sin in the same level as when we accepted Christ as our Savior. We should be seeing growth. We should be producing fruits and the fruits of the Spirit, which if we're not, something is off. We are bearing the name, but not utilizing the power as God has intended us to. Ooh, ooh. The work of the new birth is being effective in us when we do not commit sin. So that's if, that's when we come to the crossroads. Hopefully the conscience that God has given to us and the the Holy Spirit light through that conscience says, make this decision instead, right? We don't want to be like animals that are not actually having thoughts and saying, no, this is wrong. I should not go in that direction. I should not commit adultery. I should not delve into pornography I should not hate my brother. I should not steal. I should not lie. But I should do the things that will help me to draw closer to my Savior. The more I submit, the more I surrender, the more power will be emboldened into us through the Holy Spirit to prevent those things from taking place. The work of a new birth is being effective in us when we do not commit sin. Understand it's not merely that we have the power not to sin, but we have worked towards the goal of actually stopping sinning. Yet, 1 John 3, 9 doesn't mean that we cannot sin. It simply means that if we will obey the life of God indwelling in us, that we do not have to sin. Oh, man, is that powerful. Oh, man, is that enlightening. Oh, my goodness, is that uplifting to know that as we surrender, God provides the means for us to overcome what we in human flesh could never have the ability to do. And that is what we seek. And by sharing the gospel, by becoming these living waters flowing out of us, the Bible describes this, We have the ability not to sin. Do we take advantage of it? Or do we utilize it as some in the Old Testament, I mean, in the New Testament, as they were saying, we're looking for an opportunity to sin more so that grace would be more. Thankfully, grace is there so that when we do mess up, when we do make a mistake, when we do wander off the path, We don't fall off the cliff. God holds us on the path. He makes straight our path. He is a light unto my feet. Thank you, Lord, for being that. Thank you, Lord, for caring so deeply about me that you gave your one and only son to bear up on behalf of my sin. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back after this. Stay tuned.
1: When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. I'm Karen McHugh. At least 16 have been killed by raging floodwaters in eastern Kentucky. Officials fear that number may go higher. The chief of the Jones Fork Volunteer Fire Department describes the scene: The roads became impassable in 30, 40 minutes. What was a mild stream or a ditch line beside the road was now a raging gusher torrent of water. Um, and by the time everybody was waking up the next morning. Uh, lives were destroyed. Benny Bailey, Governor Andy Bashir, fears it may take weeks to find all the dead. Meanwhile flood warnings are up for much of the southwest including northern Arizona this morning with up to two inches of rain forecast. We're looking at a pretty active pattern continuing over the next few days at least. National Weather Service meteorologist Benji Johnson in Flagstaff. America is listening to Fox News. Your WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Partly sunny today, very warm and less humid. Possible danger of dehydration and heat stroke while doing strenuous activities with a high of 88. Partly cloudy tonight with a low 66. Partly sunny for tomorrow with a high of 87. I'm AccuWeather's Gregory Patrick on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
0: And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you so much for tuning in today's program. As always, we appreciate your questions and your comments and your encouragements are just so wonderful and uplifting. We thank you. It, It is much, much appreciated to let us know um, that you're out there listening and that you're appreciating what you're hearing and that it's uh working in your life in some way. I mean, that's the object of what we're trying to do here is, uh you know, obviously within one hour we cannot connect all the dots and get all the information that we'd like to to get out, but we can at least have the beginning of a conversation that you may be able to go and continue and study, study to show thyself approved, the Bible says, and very important things for us to do. And so that's what we hope you, your takeaway is here is that you listen to the program, you process and and put in your heart uh, prayerfully prayerfully uh, what we're discussing, that you research it and say, you know, hey, there's a lot of things on the air and the media that they're telling me about this and that. I hear this pastor say this. I hear this pastor say that I hear This uh, religious person say that, you know, and there's endless books for you to purchase, Um, endless books for you to purchase. So uh, I don't know if I'll ever write a book, but uh, if I do, uh, the only reason I would be doing it is so that I could help support the Atlantic City Rescue Mission, which, you know, is so near and dear to my heart to help those in need. God has called us. Over and over again, there's more than 200 and I forget 60, 60 some scriptures about the poor uh, and how God feels about how we treat the poor, how the tr- poor should be treated and what God thinks of those and what awaits those who treat the poor poorly. Process that. So it is a, it is a very important work to help others in need. Um And not judge, and not judge anyone by what we see. We, we visibly see these circumstances and right away, no good, this, that, that, and the other thing, when we have not experienced one iota of what that person's life has been like. And we are quick to judge. We are quick to say, ah, oh, they're no good. They're this, they're that. They're lazy. I'm sure there's lazy people out there. The Bible talks about it. But that doesn't mean the person that you're encountering is lazy. Never, never judge. And remember the parable of the Good Samaritan. You know, that that's something worthy of our uh, us reading over and over again and processing in our hearts and asking the Lord for us to be utilized in that way as we share the gospel while we're bringing the good news to those in need. And those in need are definitely the poor because the wealthy, they don't think they have a need. They don't think most of the time they don't think they have a need for God. I'm not saying that every wealthy person is godless, not by any means. There's wonderful people out there, uh, who give more than, than they have away. Uh, but in the reality of it all, we know by the scriptures where it talked about a rich man who gave something and an elderly woman who gave all that she had was just a few copper coins. And Jesus explained to the apostles that the woman had actually done something greater. Even though the other person had given a mountainous amount of money, they were that wealthy that what, they get, that what they gave didn't really hurt them in any way when the elderly woman gave all that she had to even to supply her own sustenance. And why did she do that? Because she trusted in God that he would supply her every need. That's an important thing for us to understand. And that goes beyond monetary uh, things. That's not just talking about money. It's talking about all that we have, all that we are. We give to Christ. We give it to God to be utilized in a way that will help others and be god honoring. That's very important for us to understand. So here we are back on our program, the third segment of the day today. My, the time goes by when you enjoy what you're sharing and doing. Uh, and this is very important to me to share the gospel in season, out of season, every day, regardless of what we're doing, we should be sharing the gospel either by word or by deed. Very, very important to do that. So I'm hoping that you can, um, Understand uh, what we're sharing so that it can deeply affect you in your life and that you will continue to study deeper and deeper in prayer, always praying about what you're going to study. Because the real translator in all of these things, the real understanding comes, as Jesus told the apostles, I'm going to send you the comforter who will teach you all things. So he was telling the apostles what you think you know. Oh, just, you just—you haven't even scratched the surface, my friends. And so we're hoping that this can uh, take place and move forward in your life as well as you study the gospel, study the scriptures, get everything that you can out of it. But pray first that God is revealing to you uh, what He has in the scriptures. It's very, very important. And so when we're talking about that evidence of the new birth, the other thing that we want to understand and we think about sometime, um, does he know me? Does Christ know we? Are we part of the church? Are we part of the bride? Am I a child of God? Does he know me? And so in the uh, gospel of John, uh, verse three, it says that, um, It it says this, what he's saying to us is this, is it possible to know all about doctrine? You know, because we can get lost in doctrine and knowledge and still not know our Savior. Is that possible? We have a lot of people that you may talk to that are just all about the knowledge They may be able to quote all of these different things, but it says the devils and the demons believe and tremble. So that's that's not that doesn't make you know, Jesus, you must surrender. A person's soul is in grave danger when the knowledge of doctrine surpasses Jesus. Ah, because what we're doing, my friends, is you're avoiding an intimate touch from your Savior. We're basing something on what we know instead of being engaged in this relationship where we surrender. It is is something to really be cautious about as we move through this walk of faith in our life. Now I ask you a question. Why was Mary weeping? Why was she weeping? Doctrine meant no more to her than the grass on the, uh, that was under her feet that she was standing on. Doctrine didn't mean anything. Yet, these total opposite of the ph- Pharisees of the days, doctrine was everything. There really wasn't a relationship. There was just these motions of what we do from something that we got from hundreds and hundreds of years ago that we need to do. They lost the relationship with their God, by ignoring the birth of the Savior, by choosing position over salvation. Think about that. The Pharisees chose position, earthly position, over salvation. Oh, that breaks my heart, man. It was there in front of them, there for them to touch. And the evidence went to them continually. As Jesus said to the people that he healed certain ones, he said, go show yourselves to the Pharisees. Go show them that you can see. Go show them that your hand is healed. And all of the religious leaders that were there when Lazarus was raised from the dead, how could they ignore the evidence of who Jesus was? Because narcissism and selfishness and pride is no different then than it is today. And we still make that choice on a daily basis. Don't let knowledge Keep you from having an intimate relationship with the creator of the world. And again, in fact, any Pharisee could have made a fool of Mary doctrinally. She didn't have an education. What gave Mary her salvation? By studying the Old Testament? By studying the Torah? Salvation did not come to God's people by studying the text. It came by putting into practice what God told them to do in awaiting the Messiah. Here is the evidence. Here's how you're going to recognize your coming king. He's going to enter into Jerusalem on a donkey. He's going to be born of a virgin. He's going to have a, pier- oh Lord, a sword pierced in his side. A crown of thorns on his head. Like a lamb sled to slaughter. Repeatedly, they, they put the blood of the lamb over their door to get the angel of death to avoid their families. Over and over and over, God gave them the examples of what they were to seek. And when he presented himself in the synagogue, jealousy and envy, as the parable talks about the, The owner coming to get his vineyard back and they kept knocking out and destroying his servants. And finally they said to themselves, let us kill the son and we'll inherit all this vineyard. And so that was a parable about Jesus coming to his own, to his own vineyard. And the usurpers who wanted power instead of salvation killed The son of God out of jealousy and envy and narcissism and selfishness. And ultimately, the greatest sin probably on the face of the earth, rejecting the son of God. My friends, I pray that it is not so with you, that you seek that intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, and we'll be right back after this. Stay tuned.
1: If you're wondering what to do with your money in these unusual economic times, or if you have questions about retirement planning, IRAs, 401ks, or taxes, then listen to The Heart of Your Money, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG, featuring author and financial expert Joe Yakovich. The Heart of Your Money will focus on you, your family, and your financial portfolio. The Heart of Your Money money with joe yakovich saturday morning at 8 on wpg talk radio 95.5 when you need to know it's wpg talk radio 95.5 and the wpg talk radio app
0: and welcome back to saturday morning with dan brown here on wpg talk radio 95.5 Thank you for joining us this morning, joining us, Uh, joining us this morning. And as always, it's truly appreciated that you take the time to listen to our program week after week. Keeping us here. This is our seventh year, my friends. Thank you and God bless you for all of your prayers and your uplifting. And for those of you that know my uh, my uh, family uh uh, situations and all. I thank you for your ongoing prayers and uplifting as I pray for you as well. Um, I pray for you, for the audience, for those who hear the gospel. Not my voice. It's not my voice that's changing anything in your life. What's changing in your life is when you take the seed that God has allowed us to plant. Take that seed And let that seed grow within you into a tree that is unquenchable. And it grows and bears fruit and produces fruit on that vine that is beautiful. That is awesome. That is miraculous. That is the fruit that we seek, my friends. I want you to continue to do that because... The fruits of the Spirit, as it says in Galatians in the, New Chast- in the New Testament in chapter 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and forbearance and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things, there is no law. These are the things that as you work in your intimate relationship to improve it, open yourself and surrendering yourself to the almighty God of creation, these are what you will begin to, to express and to share with those around you. It will be infectious in the most best way, a joy and a gladness that is unsurpassable by anything that you could ever seek or see in any entertainment. That is who we are to become. And that is what we thrive in, in those fruits of the spirit that God allows to grow into us. It is absolutely amazing. And I pray for you, brothers and sisters, that this becomes your life. A walk of faith in the light of God as he lights your path. But again, there are things that we see here. Things that we want to understand, as I shared with you in the last segment. The Pharisees could have made a fool of Mary doctrinally. She wasn't well studied, probably. But what did she have that they didn't have? she had an intimate relationship with the creator of the world in a way that you and I hope to have and are hopefully working on and hopefully surrendering so that we can have that same intimate relationship through the Holy Spirit. Although Mary touched and saw Jesus physically it wasn't till possessed by the Holy Spirit that she understood clarity in what Jesus was saying, in what his life was truly about and what he was truly doing and what he was truly seeking and how the world would be changed by the bride, by the church, as we all begin this journey of faith, an intimate relationship with our Savior. And so her blessings were nothing to her in comparison with knowing Jesus himself. She turned around when Jesus was standing there, and she didn't know it was Jesus. But when Jesus said to her, Mary, Mary, He called Mary by her name. And she immediately knew that she had a personal history with the one who spoke. And she turned and said to him, Raboni, you can read this text in John chapter 20, the gospel of John 14 through 16. And I pray you do. And I pray that you put yourself in Mary's place. And listen for Jesus to call your name. Daniel, William, Robert, Mary, Martha, Christine, Michelle, Carmella, Holly, William. All of those names. In every language, you will hear your name as Jesus turns to accept you when you surrender yourself to him. And then I think, why have I stubbornly doubted? Again, continue in John 20, 24 through 29. Is there something or have I been doubting something about my Savior? Maybe an experience to which others testify, but I have not yet experienced? And we see that within the group of the apostles, right? We see that. Because the other d- disciples said to Thomas, we have seen the Lord in John twenty twenty five. But Thomas doubted, didn't he? Saying, unless I see, I will not believe. Thomas needed the personal touch of Jesus. And when he touches, he will come to know. But when they do come, and when these moments do happen, they are indescribably precious. And so Thomas says these words, once he touches, Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. And then I wonder When have I selfishly denied him? Peter denied Jesus with oaths and curses in Matthew 26, 69 through 75. And again, I've shared this with you, but this is such a burden on my heart for you to understand. And I know Christ will make it clear. The Holy Spirit will enlighten you how important this is. And he restored him. He restored Peter publicly before all the other disciples. And that's for all of us doubters. But did Peter really do anything worse than the rest of the apostles did? They all fled. They all fled. Peter gets a good whipping all the time from us. Ah, Peter, I'll never be like Peter. I'll never do this. I'll never do that like that. But yet, when Peter was in the boat, he was the only apostle that stepped out into the raging waters to go to Christ and walk on the sea. He had a moment of it until he let the troubles and the waves of the world take his eyesight off of his Savior, and he began to sink. And here we are again. And he said to him, Peter said, Lord, you know, I love you. And so I asked you, do you have a personal history with our Savior, Jesus Christ? Because the one true sign of a discipleship is the intimate oneness that we develop That grows within us as we become closer, as we empty ourselves and fill ourselves with Him. And it is a knowledge of Christ that nothing in this world, in heaven or earth and in all creation and in the universe that can shake from us. That you have a guarantee. And so that's my prayer, that you love him intimately and that you know without a doubt that he knows you. Let yourself and your cares and your worries and your sorrows be emptied out. Surrender it all to him because he will restore you with unimaginable joy. And lead you on a path of enlightenment. And your life will be changed forever. And so, brothers and sisters, my prayer, whether we've met or not met. As Jesus prayed for the apostles, for those who came before him, for those who came afterwards. And with Thomas, because we had all those and Jesus had prayed for them to be one as as they are one. As he is one with his father. But he also prayed for those that were like Thomas. For those he sent a blessing. For those who believe without seeing. But those who needed more proof. Or more depth. Or more understanding. He didn't leave them out. And when Thomas saw that. And felt that. His words were, my Lord and my God. May those words be on your lips at every prayer, thanking God for all that he has done in your life, all that he has done in the past, all that he is doing now, and all that he will do in the future. I ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. God bless you all.